Friendless is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, which is sponsored in part by Connexus Credit Union and Direct West. Hello, my sweeties. Welcome back once more to a brand new episode of Friendless, the only podcast about how to be a better friend by losing every friend you have. I'm your host, James Evermanko, back once more to ask what it means to be a friend and whether or not I've been a good one. This week, I have actress and producer Emily Pigford on the show. Emily and I discuss the sex lives vegetables, the joys of auditioning, Canadian apathy towards the arts, and so much more. I won't waste any more time getting into the episode, so lean back, get comfy, and enjoy my interview with Emily Pigford here on Friendless. Oh man, now I'm all nervous. That that countdown. I know, always I'm nervous. <laughs> I had coffee this morning and I was like, why am I only feeling it now? Right? It's it been really hours since up. I drank it. Oh my god. Maybe I, it's also because I, I rubbed like Tiger Bomb all down my right arm and I was probably not smart. Just gets you jittered, right? You know? I get the uh yeah, I get the one-two yeah. punch morning cocktail of uh concerta and green tea. And so Ooh. at about eleven about at about eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, I'm just like I could work all day. <laughs> I could fry. Yeah, it's like this Peter Pan I'm level. Cranky, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yes. this week, I have my dear old friend, Emily Pigford, on the show. Emily, oh my God, it has been so friggin' long. Um, I know. Right? I have so many things I want to talk to you about and ask you about and, and hear all about. But where I want to start this interview with is a fun little walk down memory lane. And so what I'm going to ask right off the top is what is your most vivid memory of our friendship? I love that question. And I I actually have like four or five when I, I, they like these little sparkles in my memory of like these gemstones. So the first one is the first time I ever saw you. That's orientation day where you go around and we're in, we're in the Mac, whatever. And you have to say like one say something that you've never told anybody or say one fact about yourself. I can't remember what the prompt was, but you stood up and you held up a peace sign and you said, hi, I'm James Navramenko. I like locking walks on the beach and drinking juice. And so I remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember thinking, I wonder what type of juice he's thinking of when he says he likes juice. I think we talked <laughs> about it later. I think you asked me and I was like, I have no idea. I was so stoned. <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, first slash second year university. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> and then the second vivid memory was when we were doing the Sex Lives of Vegetables, which was the yeah. first play that we did together. And it was the first that first show that I did there. And um, it was the end of some rehearsal. And Sean Sager and I were like the two little first years in it. And you took a moment to say, to encourage us to like come out of our shelves and to join in. And because um, I think that you could see that we were both like little newbies that were kind of tucking away in the corner and you all knew each other and were friends. Right. And you said um, your appeal to me was like, when you do your dance, I can't fucking breathe. So just join in like like you're part of us. Yeah. So I, I, that like wow. hearing you say that really jumped out. And then. Um, well, you after- were magnificent. I want to actually, I, later on in the interview, I want to talk yeah. about Sex Lives because that was such a, that felt like such an incredible process and such an incredible show. And like, genuinely, yes. like your, 
your ca- cabbage. It's so funny. We'll talk. We'll, we'll, this is a little sneak peek of the of what we'll be talking about. But like your cabbage dance was just like uh, stunning, you know. Like it, and it was just like it was so like scary and weird and innocent and Ingrid Hansen, man. Yeah, choreography by Ingrid Hansen. Good lord. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited to get into that with you because yeah, that Big was time. a really good memory and a really great introduction to all of all of you guys too mm-hmm. these people that i whose company i would enjoy and whose performances i would enjoy and look up to so much for the next like yeah. you know, three years yeah and um i got i got two more memories two more vivid memories hit me okay? hit me with them i okay. love it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> when we were in we took um japanese theater history together yes <laughs> and um it was the <laughs> It was the day after I broke up with my boyfriend and right. I, and I came to school with like sunglasses on cause I had been crying so much that my eyes were so puffy. They were yeah. like swollen shut. So I just like put on sunglasses and sweatshirt and sweatpants. And I remember I just like lugged myself into class and you're like, Hey, and, Hey. And the way that I said hello <laughs> was so just like, wretched and then you started to laugh and it made me laugh and feel so happy (laughs) i still couldn't take off my sunglasses though because my eyes were swollen shut but (laughs) yeah the look of delight on your face at seeing how how low energy i came in was a treat for me well, and I think, I, I don't know if you, I mean, because like class, you know, knowing me, I probably came burning in last minute. And so you were probably like already late at that point, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and so it's like, I don't even know if we had, because I remember that. And I don't even know if we had a chance to talk really beforehand. So I just sort of like cackled and then class yes! started. <laughs> it was great. It was such a lovely, like, unself-serious way to just like kind of zoom out of out of yeah. the moment and yeah. a nice extension of friendship I felt to have to just like have you see me and then laugh because yeah. I feel I like never, I, I normally never was wanted. coming in like like bubbly and energetic and all this stuff and so it was like new for me as well to be so on just like honestly Good. low that class too that whole class is just a series of gyms it was like it, it was such a fun little because we had our little we had a little pocket in the back corner of the yes! room all the, right? it was like taylor and graham and yeah and we'd yeah. all like we'd all hide in the back corner and like and yes. like uh and, and so that we could get in and out really easily from the exit right yes <laughs> just take endless notes oh my god yeah and what's the last one? You said you had a fourth. Yeah, the last one was okay. So th- those were like the first ones that sparkled to mind. There was there was kind of another one, but like I should cut to the chase. And but the last one, <laughs> indulge, <laughs> indulge, screw it, tell the story. <laughs> the last one was, I, I kind of forgot. So I read the question. I saw your question prompt. These ones jumped to mind, and then a little bit later, I was like, oh yeah. And then this time, this was a nice significant moment. And I think the reason why it didn't come up to the front so easily was actually because it was dark. <laughs> and so oh. the memory wasn't as vivid because we were on the roof of this. It was the Romeo and Juliet closing night party. Oh, yeah. Okay. And we're on the rooftop of whatever building downtown, like Johnson Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, there was a bathtub that. on the roof. And so I was sitting in this bathtub and... and 
I remember you sat down in the chair and you just said, Emily, what are you doing? And it was about, it was <laughs> about the relationship that I was in at the time too. So we were having right. like, it was the, it was so nice to like everybody else ran inside and we just had a, a minute of like two souls on, on a rooftop at nighttime, just having yeah. a, a, like a really sincere check-in of like, um, what are you doing with your heart? Yeah. And, and be honest with yourself and, and how do you want to move forward? And like, and it was, I really appreciated that um, wow. kind of a, a generous check-in, a sincere yeah. check-in. That seemed like it was very, um, you were seeing through some stuff that I was putting forward. Right. So it was nice to have a little check-in. Like, yeah. Bud, oh, man. Bathtub. What are you doing? Well, you know, and What's I was, saying? you know, I mean, God, you're you're welcome, right? I mean, I don't know, right? You know, it's so funny. It's so funny, sort of being reminded of those because I, you know, I I remember mm -hmm. all those, and 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 I remember, and this is actually something I've, you know, I mean, I've never truly like vocalized to to you, especially because like you know we haven't seen each other in God a, a decade, you know, like, so <laughs> long, decade, right? You know, yeah, you know, just ten years, but you know, um, <laughs> but like you, you were such a shining star. And you like from the moment you walked oh. into the into the um, into the building, it was just like, oh yeah, there you're a superstar, you know, and and um, and well, you know, and 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 it's like I don't know, I don't even know fully how to vocalize it, like because it's like it's not, you know, we work together quite often. We 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 were really lucky to have, to do a lot of work mm -hmm. together throughout the years, and and I always saw you as a little bit of like a, I don't know, like a little sister, or you know what I mean, like. <laughs> I always felt very, I always felt very like uh, protective and very like supportive of of the work because I was seeing you were doing such incredible work and I also being a little bit removed like not being in the acting streams and not being in those mm -hmm. those sort of the traditional streams I saw how like toxic and <laughs> um, like cruel they could be right how how yeah. demeaning they could be and how they could kind of tear people down you know what I mean and I because we chat and we see each other and you'd be so fun and happy bubbly and then and then you'd go to like acting class you'd come out and you'd just be like oh i must suck everything blows everything. you know it's just like no yeah don't yeah. let these motherfuckers get you <laughs> <laughs> yes don't let the uh, bastards grind you down right you know yeah. But, so yeah that's what friends oh, that's are beautiful. for is to like check in and like yeah have little honest talks and like and show each other that you are seen Mm -hmm. which is nice. So yeah. throughout our, like, kind of, I guess, like, three years at university together, mm -hmm. I'm grateful for those, the work that we got to do and the little laughs and the little check-ins that we had along the way. Yeah. Yeah. You're always a really wonderful presence. Oh, man. I mean, that's so nice to, I mean, that's such a, that's so nice to know, right? Because it's one of yeah. those things, you know, I've been talking about it a lot on the show of, like, it's, it's, um I'm, I'm somebody whose mind defaults to remembering the, like, the bad shit right uh -huh. the way i default to being like oh yeah i must have been such a dick everybody must hate me you know what i mean and and, and it's like it's so nice Not to be like no, no no you were nice right you know, yeah like, so nice yeah highlight you walk into a room oh there's james it's like yeah it was always like that yeah, yeah. ah emily no. um so so let's go back to that um because okay. i'd like to hear i mean look i want to hear all about i know you just filmed uh, you just finished filming uh in in England? Is that where yes. you were? Yeah. I went to the UK. I got back on, so it's, what day is it? Wednesday? I got yeah. back in on Friday. 
I was there for Unreal. about five weeks or something. God, Unreal. Nice. So, okay, <sighs> I want to get us there. That's where I want to end okay. up. Okay. Okay. But, but in order to get us there, we've got to rewind all the way back, okay? So... <clears throat> Um, so we obviously met at the Phoenix Theater and um but just beforehand, how how did you sort of get involved with the theater world and what um what brought you to UVic? Uh, the first show that I did was called The New No, The Three Pigs New Adventure with Four <laughs> Seasons Musical Theater. I played the Bluebird. <laughs> Beautiful. The Bluebird. Um it started in, in grade five. There was like we did the Christmas pageant. Um you know, everybody auditioned. I didn't get the, the lead part in the Christmas pageant, but I played this teacher and the grade five teachers there thought that I did like a good little job. And so they suggested <laughs> to my mom, there was like an ad in the paper. They're like, hey, there's the, there's auditions for this community theater company. And so I went and did that. So it was because of the um, support and encouragement of my grade five teachers that awesome. I went and did my first play. And it was from that first play that I realized that acting was what I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> Playing a little bird. <laughs> <laughs> so it's them. They're, they're, it's them to blame. That's who you blame. Yeah. For it, as I saying, their, yeah. their fault. It's all right, their right. fault. And, and now you grew up on the island, right? You're, you're from yeah. Victoria? Yeah. I grew up on a little farm down in, you know, Isuk. So the southernmost tip of Vancouver Island. Wow. And that's where I grew up. I didn't move. Uh, I moved to Toronto after graduating university, so I've been here since October first, twenty eleven. It's going to be my wow. ten years in in Toronto this year. And and th so through through UVic, so I must have been. Let's see, I must have been. Uh, I was probably in third year when we met, because yeah, we were only in school together oh. for about three years. Um, but then yeah. I, because I took five years, so it would have been a it would have been a three year a three year okay. friendship, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and did we meet, like, do you remember, you know, uh, so many of like, so many of the theater friends, uh, especially when they come on the show and they talk, it's like, it's really hard to pinpoint the time because it's very much, you know, the theater world is very much like, well, there was a day I didn't know who you were. And then there was a day I did. And I don't yes. know if we met that day, but you know, you hear people's names, you see them across the room, everybody's yes. talking about each other. Right. So do you, you know, know like, do you have a pinpoint? Um, uh, no, I don't know when the handshake was, you know, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like it must have been because like the auditions for Sex, Lives and Vegetables was the day after orientation. That's right. It was really and fast, so, wasn't it? Yeah. And so I probably like within a week, we probably just it was the meeting of like introducing around the room or something. Of right. first rehearsal. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah, so Sex, Lies and Vegetables. Uh, so, so, so to fill listeners in, I think we've actually, I think I've actually talked about this in past shows, but um, at yeah. UVic, they have like a student run theater program called the SAC, um, the, the Student Alternative Theater Company. And the teachers all hate it because it <laughs> takes up, because <laughs> it takes up uh, the black box yeah. theater in the back of the state, at the back of the building. It also, yeah. um, teaches kids uh and students like independence and it teaches yeah. them how to create their own art so obviously the faculty despises that uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they and, said that um, it was taking us away from our studies but also from the main stages but yeah, the which thing they was like that coexisted because nobody was cast in the main stages or they'd bring exactly. in people from outside of the like program or the school in mm -hmm. and um, yeah, the SATCO 
that was one of the greatest takeaways from Uvic was to get to be independent creators through SAC. Right. In my opinion. Exactly. And um, and it was directed by uh, a, a dear friend, uh, Barb Hall, who um, and who were the so the Sexless and Vegetables is a book of poetry, right? Yes. And it was. Um, do you Lorna remember the Crozier. name of the poet? Yeah, oh, Lorna Crozier. And uh, and it's all about you know there's like the the carrots are fucking the earth and yes. potatoes and, and, like, and the radishes are like little nuns in like yeah. silly skirts and, we, and the cucumbers like, is like a flasher yeah it's like a zucchini Sean right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still and remember so, the carrot dance yes the like, like Matt and Chris and Matt. <laughs> onions yes. We were, um, there was the really weird, um, I was a part of, I, I was Brussels sprouts, uh, right. who were like, who were like conjoined <laughs> twins and they were just like giggly little, giggly little sunshine yeah. babies, you know? And, uh, and then there was the potato, the potatoes was my favorite one because oh, they yeah. were the weird, we had, um, we had that these like cool. body sacks that were yeah. like, and it was like really creepy and weird. They were having this like dungeon orgy. Yes. <laughs> That's that's, so that's just so perfectly potatoy, right? Right, exactly. They're weird spuds. Uh, but... Yeah. <laughs> and the moans. There's oh some God. like Miyazaki stuff. It makes me think of right? like demon things in Studio yes. Ghibli. The weird like undulating right? <laughs> shapes in the dark. And and so yeah. that was your first that was your first sacco. And yeah. and what did that like so how did that uh how did that help and how did that hinder? <laughs> your your first year experience at UVic. It uh, it only helped. I I met Ingrid. We did a film. <laughs> we did a film that summer, so I knew Ingrid before. Jeff was in it. Jeff Laird. Gotcha. And um, just some little independent film thing. And so um, she's like, "You should audition for this. It's tomorrow." And I was very nervous, but something in me was like, "Rise to the occasion." So. Um, she's like, just pick a song, choose a vegetable, choose any one of these poems, and like create a, a movement piece inspired by this. So I danced to like this. I, it was a song by Mika. So was, I could mm. be brown, I could be blue, I could be violet sky. So it was that, and I picked onion. So I did this like <laughs> onion dance to Mika, and I, I still found it. flakes of this onion skin in my bedroom for the next four years. It was funny, and. Of so I was really nervous, but it was fun to just dive in and to have the very matter of fact invitation from Ingrid. I was like, just do it. Yeah. And so it took off a lot of the kind of self-consciousness or anxiety. Yeah. And um, something about Ingrid's manner just also invites that. And so. Um, Big time. Yeah. Just like dive in like her stupid dance. Yeah. I've even seeing on on social media too. She does like stupid dance and she just like. I don't have her out. on anything. I don't have her okay. on anything. I haven't been friends with her. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't dislike her. I'm just not, yes. I'm, just, I'm not social Facebook media. friends with her, but, uh, but, yeah. uh, but she's, she's an, a total inspiration. She's a complete yeah. weirdo and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Just like tap in and like self-consciousness kind of is out the door. Don't let it, exactly. don't let it stop you from, you know, tapping into yourself or into material so mm -hmm. that was a useful thing right out, out like right out the gate was to dive in to you yeah. and to movement theater stuff and um then also it was a blessing to get to meet and work with and watch all of you right to get to do such a fun piece because it was i hadn't done movement theater before i'd done dance and i'd done musical yeah. theater but that <laughs> movement theater ended up being a really significant part of my <laughs> my whole life <laughs> sure. after that 
And so that, yeah, that opened a lot of different types of doors. And now, uh, did you go on to do and like, did you do the like the Butoh shows and things like that? Yeah. Or? So I did yeah. Pretty Little Instincts with with Snappy right. Dance Theater with Ingrid, and so we did that at the Victoria Fringe. That show is actually one of the reasons why I live in Toronto as well, because then we got went to Summerworks. So we came here to remount it for two weeks, and I wow. met my agent at the time, and within two weeks I changed my life plan. I was going to move to Vancouver. Right, I, but I had to go home. I I came here for two weeks. Did the did Pretty Little Instincts, the Buto inspired dance piece, and um, went home. Gave my notice at Rogers Video. Did another fringe show, <laughs> and I was moved back here within a month. Beautiful. Yeah. That's fabulous. I mean, that's the dream, right? Like it's. I I've always felt that. I've always felt that Toronto. Um, uh, what's the right word for it? If if you if you're not showing up with a plan Mm -hmm. it can eat you alive real fast you know (laughs) and so it's like it's like yeah just the 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 luck of well and it's not you know what it's not luck because like the fact of the matter is that like you were spotted because you're infinitely talented so it's not like you just like bumble buttied your way into it but it's like (laughs) that's really kind no but there there is a a portion of luck it's like good fortune luck exactly exactly synchronicity and things sort of falling into place no, I exactly. definitely feel that. I feel that it was lucky. And so the first thing I remember clocking you, you know, post UVic, um, because yeah, I mean, you are definitely one of those friends who I had just like the best connection with in school. And then I graduated and just, you know, as it happens, you just lose touch, right? It just yeah, you know. Oh, same. Very right? much. Right. Right. And so yeah. the first thing I remember sort of post UVic clocking you in was that um the youtube series that you did the um the that's my, the, DJ. That's my dj yeah i always want to call it a dj saved my life but that's something else that's <laughs> i like it. that <laughs> right right um and so what what was the because were you were you and i don't say this as if it's only but were you just acting in that or were you something else behind the scenes with it um i was producing as well that's what it was for seasons okay. two and three no you're right. you are spot on yeah, and, season and one how did that develop? Um, they needed a, a recast, so they'd shot um, they shot a, like a proof of concept for season one, and then by the time they were greenlit to go ahead, um, that actress was now booked on a mainstream series, mm. and so they were doing a recast. And the creator director D.W. Watterson was uh, working with Kendra Trepanning at the time. Wow! And so, oh yeah. They were in the same office space, and DW was like, "Oh, I just lost my actress. Who am I going to replace her with?" And Kendra printed my headshot and put it on the desk in front of DW. Was like, "This is your person." Wow. So we met. So DW went like on a kind of you know wormhole deep dive to figure out who I was, (laughs) and I had um, I don't know what they saw at the time. I just filmed hemlock grove which was like the first kind of big job that i had out of university was like netflix series and um we just met at a bar chatted and that was that so i was an actress for the first season and by the time we were on seasons two and three i naturally fell into kind of out of necessity a producer role right Um, and what does a producer role for something like that entail? Because I, in my brain, I always think mm-hmm. producer is the is like uh, like the money guy, right? You right. know what I mean? And so, so I'm like, are you throwing cash at this or like what are you? <laughs> Mad cheddar. No, like, I didn't know either because I 
<laughs> Let me tap into my trust fund. Right. Now, I didn't know what a producer did at the time either. Right. And I assumed the same thing. I was like, this is the money person. They just, the, the people that, that back it. Um, but it was, it's like the person orchestrating it. And so it's like crewing, right. helping cast and all of the paperwork to get it's the show scheduled and um I see. get like permits and insurance and all of that so it was a lot of correspondence it's i'd go through all of my emails like any call any show that i'd been on before i searched through my e- emails and looked at the call sheets and then i went through all the crew on those call sheets and then i would reach out to them and be like hey we're doing this here's the pitch so just trying to like yeah crew it cast wow. it and get all the paperwork and um yeah and then once it's done then you have to promote it and submit. Right. I didn't like DW really uh, like helmed the crap out of this and mm-hmm. just, like really steered the, the ship. They looked amazing. Yeah. I mean, yes. I, you know, I've never, never met them, but like, hard work. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I really never talented. met them, but just seeing online, I was just like, that is a force. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, that's it. That's how yeah. you do it. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're definitely like in, in a different league and it's, so I learned so much from working with them mm. and such a privilege to just like be their friend as well. And so um, trying to learn from them and then help share that responsibility being like the kind of slow rhythmed introverted person that I am, they sure. encouraged me to kind of step up and like, here's how you put pressure on to get the job done. Here's how you send right. emails faster. And here's how you promote. Like they taught me basically how to use Instagram. <laughs> right. And there's so okay. much promotion yeah, yeah. of like, here, let's, because it was all crowdfunding as well. So that was, yes. that was a big part of it. We had um, not all crowdfunding. Um, Touchpoint Pictures also was executive producer. So they were the money person behind it. Gotcha. But okay. significant portion was crowdfunding for each season. Yeah. So it was like how to quickly, kindly, courageously do, do crowdfunding. Right. And promote it when it's at festivals and then show up at the festivals and let everybody else on the team know we're nominated or you won or, you know, here's a trophy. Yeah. So it's, it's a big, long job producing. And I don't know if it's, if I'm necessarily <laughs> cut out for it, but it was, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> definitely one of those. Yeah. Right. Big time. And it's definitely, totally. I think, I think, right. I think that the, um, the reason that series succeeded as as much as it did, I mean, obviously, I don't know, like, you know, I don't know the numbers, but like, from my perspective, you know, yeah. if if Joe Nobody in Calgary is clocking it, <laughs> and it's like, and it's like Toronto work, like that's, you know, that that's yeah. that's a form of barometer, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely, because that's especially with web, well, with anything, it's like, what's the reach of this thing? Yeah. So it's like, how do we have enough of a presence and do it smart? so that yeah. it gets where it needs to go so that the people that have put all this you know work and passion in it can actually get some get some views and there and that's just it is that the you know i think that people myself included will often default to um because the platform is perceived as sort of so-called like lower yes. lower investment content uh-huh. that that must mean everything on it took a lower investment of energy uh, right. right. And so um, something like that, you know, I remember seeing it and being like, holy fuck, this is a movie. Like, That's like how is awesome this like, right. Yes. You know, like, like it's like, especially at the time, because that was what that was probably like 2013, 2014 in that yeah. range. Yeah. And, and so it's like you're still seeing, you know, 
auto tune that or or <laughs> right you know it's like it's yes. like charlie bit my fingers shit and oh then suddenly you're like holy fuck that's a movie you know yeah and, and, oh this is cinematic yeah that and yet a- and yet it wasn't it wasn't receiving um the the respect that it that it necessarily deserved because of the, the mm-hmm. platform it was on right yeah and yeah these and are the so, those were the times of sorry to cut you off no 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 they, you didn't at all yeah. of um yeah changing kind of um or reestablishing expectations of what web series are and can be because mm-hmm. yeah even just to hear web series you assume low budget less experienced crew experimental but then with something like that's my dj dw assembled a team that would help them to showcase everybody's ability and yes and show that it's um like it can be a calling card mm-hmm. and that just because it's low budget or independent or whatever it doesn't have to look what you expect low budget and independent to look like you can still do high production value high concept stuff on and still have it be accessible on the web and and yeah i mean i think all that i think that they were like way ahead of the game because you think it you think about where we are now and where it's like the vast majority of totally. content is yes. now consumed in those platforms and and it's actually shifted where like nobody really gives a shit about movies anymore right <laughs> yeah they're like oh two and a half hours long no it's like i'll stick with you for like two seasons but like, for real yeah right two exactly. and a half like, hours just one I'll, sitting no yeah. i'll invest a hundred hours over yes a couple weeks right you know yes. but two hours but at once no, I want them in little bites, which is also why like DW structured it as the first episode is a minute and they increase it right. longer. Like the, there's no episode is longer than 10 minutes. Sort of bridging out of, of That's My DJ, because um, you seem to again like this is all all outsider perspective so i mean it's like and this is sort of one of those things right of like social media sort of like does this weird warping of yes. like so the next thing you did was obviously umbrella <laughs> chronicles but it's like clearly you had like four years of life between that you know but, <laughs> but that's the thing is like everybody is also living their own lives in between these yes. various milestones and so it makes sense and then the algorithm will pump something forward so that's only natural yeah. it's only well thank natural. you thank you for thank you for uh um <laughs> you know validating my inability to keep track of everyone's life on social media <laughs> well, we can't. this is what like right? what we i love what we we're talking about here too about like friendship and how we're going to get into i think even more of how social mm-hmm. media and friendship all interacts because and like what it means to be a good friend yeah because they're at this point it's like with social media and the access that we have to everybody, we have in, you know, technically or in theory, a lot of friends and you can't yes. give the same amount of time and energy consistently to everybody. So how do you quantify or qualify or show up in a, as a, like a good friend to people? Like the definition of, of good friendship, I think is, is evolving. Basically. Yeah. Like well, and that's we just can it. not check in with somebody for a year or 10 years and still consider somebody to be a good friend given who they are and the history that you've had. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to come back to that because I want to go yeah. deeper into that. I want to, um, but before we do, what yes. I want to get to is um, I'd really like to hear, I mean, because um, you've just been on this run of these incredible, you know, parts and these incredible, you know, like, like, you know, I was saying before we started recording, like uh, my wife and I, we watched Umbrella Chronicles or, oh, sorry, Umbrella, Umbrella Academy. Academy. Yeah. And, um, 
and and I didn't know you were on it. So literally, <laughs> we started the episode, and you came on, and I gasped. <laughs> I like, I like, I like I gasped. I was just like, oh my fucking god, right? You know, and so like, so what is the like? I mean, obviously, you know, the rudiments are like, well, I was put up for a role and I auditioned for it and I got the part. <laughs> but like, but like, what, what's the like, what's it felt like on the inside of this trajectory that you're on of yeah. of of these parts? Um, it's I often think of certainly at the beginning. There was something that Jan Wood, one of our acting teachers, said that was, it was like something like I couldn't remember the stats, but like for every fifty auditions you do, you book one. Right. And so I went into this industry, like I graduated, moved to Toronto with the expectation that I was going to audition a lot before I booked anything. So I just enjoyed auditioning. Right. And and every audition is like a chance to do a little performance and also to feel a bit of hope because you spend Mm -hmm. that time. You have to invest enough to care about the potential future that this could lead to. So it's like you have to envision it. Yeah. Yeah. Just to enjoy well, it for a bit. Yeah, even if you just get like, I remember I was getting these, I was getting these auditions in Calgary that were like one line. It was like one word. It would be like, <laughs> "Yes, sir," you know, and it would be yeah. like, "Okay, now's my chance to act today." <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's like yes, this sir. lovely relief. Like, oh, I get to just like <laughs> clock. It's like check out of other things and just like clock yeah. into acting. So it was like a nice relief to get to just like act and perform and every audition came with the potential of changing your life honestly Big and time. so I just enjoyed auditioning so much and um and um it was nice to learn like to how like I, I enjoyed one audition or thought I did a good job that wouldn't necessarily lead to a booking and to make peace sure. with that pretty early on and also to try and see if I could be psychic and be like "Ooh, when do I know I'm going to book something because like with Hemlock Grove I had this like flash at one point of knowing that I got it. And so I looked for that with other things. Yeah, yeah. So with other auditions. So I check and be like, oh, if I audition for something and I do I get that that flash of like um psychic knowing yeah. got something. So it becomes a little game with myself. So on the inside, it's just it's felt like um a lot of fun in the process. And then for me, what feels like a nice steady pretty rhythmic stream of bookings like um sometimes it's dense sometimes it's sparse but it's been steady in terms of what I when I needed in my life or sure. like that yeah 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 um and are there any yeah. plans do you think of like um moving into a different market like are there any plans do you think of moving into like New York LA that kind of stuff yes so I've been in I've been down to LA for a couple pilot seasons now so I've spent like the springtime down there auditioning and I have a lovely manager down there um and uh but honestly being in the UK for the past month right um felt like a it was an unexpected shift because I was on the trajectory of going to LA because I also love it in LA. I think it's something amazing. like growing. Uh, I want to hear about best you. City ever. Yeah, I love it oh, so what? much. Oh, let's, <laughs> let's talk about that. Um, you got it. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I love LA. It feels good. I think growing up on the West Coast too, like being in LA feels like summertime all the time yeah, in my hometown. Oh my God, so I feel like though. I'm 
and I also feel like a different type of of calm being in the city that I was aspiring to get to is like oh I'm already there I can just like check in like get into the groove of this afterlife and live it out there um and I love Toronto there's always plenty to do here and a really great network of of friends and creatives so that's great but then I went to England and felt a really grounding priority shift Hmm. Um, I was like I think also too since I'm half English and so I was raised with a lot of that culture and I've been a couple times in my childhood so being there felt more like being home than being in Ontario does like being in Toronto even though yeah yeah well there are little quirks right there's little quirks that come up in in whether it's in lexicon or whether it's in just sort of like daily behavior and stuff like that that i that i started clocking um my wife is obsessed with like bbc tv shows and movies and stuff adores all like you know bbc everything she devours it and so uh, good right yeah yeah i mean i'm 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 personally hit and miss with it. I'm a little wishy-washy <laughs> with it, you know. But everything is like, all right, go to the CCTV. We're gonna trick him down, you know. But, but that's a little too Australian. But um, but um, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, I'll hear, I'll hear slang, or I'll hear like turns okay. of phrases, or even just sort of like behavior choices that are that yeah, are like yeah. not all other Canadian, but for me personally feel very comforting because I'm, I'm like half my, half my, half my family is, is like deep, deep English. And so it's um, right. It's so it's that like, Oh, that's why grandma was like that. You know? Yeah. It feels really comforting and familiar, you know? Yeah. So it's nice. I felt really good there. And I thought, Oh, I could, this feels like uh, what I want to need to do next is, is mm. to get off of what, like a more kind of, what felt like an anxious hamster wheel trajectory instead um and like just like move to the countryside in the uk and then just like do theater and do film and and stuff like that but like just check in and like study good work and do good work and live a nourishing life in the english countryside and so um yeah, I'm not sure where it's all going to take me, but Toronto's the base. I feel like there's some foundational life things that I want to still like kind of sort out so that I can mm-hmm. hop to wherever work takes me next. I still very much feel right. like I'll, I'll go to wherever work takes me next. Right. So, yeah, I don't really have a master plan. It's interesting hearing about the thought about the idea of like the hamster wheel of success versus just like engaging yourself in work that nourishes you, right? Yes. And I think that that's something that... um I've noticed it's really hard to lose track of in the Canadian art scene because mm-hmm. there it's so limited in its opportunities. And so everyone is so hungry um, for an American style of success, which is yes. you know, fame and fortune and being noticed. But that's impossible, you know, like um, because we just don't have the market in place to support that. Right. Like mm-hmm. there can only be one. And this is a cheesy example, but like there can only be one George Strombolopoulos because we don't, (laughs) we only have the room for one, you know, like we don't, we don't have a market that could sustain two of that person, you know? And so um, we have so many actors and artists and dreamers who are pushing for like this American tier of success, but, but it's not actually changing the culture of, of art artistic success. Yes. Right. Yeah. And not doing that here. And Mm -hmm. another thing that has stuck with me, like 
a sound bite from university was Linda Hardy, our voice teacher. And mm. she talked about the brain drain and oh, yeah. how like all the, like the people in this industry, the creatives will like, you know, study here. Yeah. Build up and then get out to get anywhere. Exactly. And, and so I felt this resolve leaving university to not do that, to hunker down mm. here and to, I was like, well, uh, how's the industry going to grow if nobody stays to grow it? Like all the gardeners bounce. So I was like, I'm just going to stay and hunker down and try and understand this industry so that I can help grow it with the other amazing people that are out here doing it. But then I do think that deep down, but I do, but I do think deep down, I don't think it's possible. If I'm being completely (laughs) honest, I really don't. I really think that the reason why for a hundred years, Canadian artists who succeed leave Canada is because I just don't think it actually is a culture that wants artists. And so, you know, like um, um, what I, what I see happen every time is Canadian cities hating their artists until that artist leaves. And mm-hmm. then suddenly they can't wait to bring them back and say, like, oh, oh, we're so proud of this long. success. Yes. Exactly. It's the yeah. Joni Mitchellitis, right? You know, like <laughs> she was run out of Saskatoon, uh, <sighs> hates the city and, and because of how awful it treated her. And uh-huh. now they have like monuments to her and they've named streets after her and they have right. plaques up everywhere. And oh, our beloved Joe, you know, and it's like, no, yeah. fuck that shit. Like you hated yeah. her, you know? Yeah. So, and I, And I just, I can't help but feel like that's, that's Canada. You know, yes. Right? Yeah. This is the attitude that we feel and see time and time again. And so exactly. I'm feeling, hoping that we're at a juncture now where that could change based on right. things like like web content and the people like um, creatives being able to take more um, kind of independence with Big their, their expression and um, also calling out this attitude. And like Big time. switching the the gatekeepers, like mm-hmm. instead of just being like, don't just like do magic school bus, like diverse casting at the front. It's like we need these <laughs> changes of all the way up to the highest level positions. You know, the CEOs, the decision makers, all of that stuff. So wow. I think that what a with- beautiful way of putting it, <laughs> magic school bus casting. Wow, <laughs> one of everybody. It's like check, 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 yeah. check. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, love yeah. the magic school bus. It's great. Yeah. how I think of it and so it's like no we need analogy. we need that <laughs> diversity of lived experience yeah. all the way up to the top and yep. that's the way that attitude's going to change that's when the money is going to fund different projects that will change the attitude for audiences as well so that you know we can yeah. also celebrate the the creatives that are here well, we just need to stop CBC or not CBC. Sorry. Well, it is CBC too. But uh, you know, Canada Council just needs to stop funding fucking Paul Gross movies. Like <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> there's more. There's so much more in store. There's, yeah. There's so much more than yeah. Paul fucking Gross. Wellness, however you define it, is achievable. You don't even need to figure it all out yourself. Talk to Conexus. They'll give you guidance, motivation, and the push you need to reach your goals. They've got you. They're your financial partner, and they know you can achieve your very best, your financial best. Prove them right. Start right at Conexus Credit Union. I'm curious what the first moment is for you that you clocked this friendship. Mm. 
or the potential you know, for friendship. Yeah. Um, I think, <clears throat> you know, I think I touched on it very, very briefly and tangentially at the very start, but, you know, cause it wasn't, I don't think that there was like an individual moment, mm -hmm. but I do know that there were steps. Right. And especially yes. because, especially because sex life vegetables happen so, so early. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I was having a fuck of a time during that uh, rehearsal process. I was my oh. so funny, funny story. My <laughs> aud my audition for that show. You know, you were talking about like, yeah, you just went out and you felt so comfortable and you did a movement piece. And uh -huh. I was in one of my deepest, like, cynical buckets uh, okay. of of my um, of my experience. And my audition was actually, oh, this is such a dumb story. Uh, was actually. <laughs> Thank you was for actually, sharing it. I'm so ready. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, uh, my audition was I, I didn't prepare anything. I didn't pick uh -huh. a poem. I didn't pick a dance. I didn't do anything. I yeah. went in and because it was just Barb in the room at the time, yeah. I called up my ex-girlfriend and I put yeah. her on speakerphone and I and I <laughs> asked her uh, to go out on like a on a on a date. I was trying to get uh -huh. back with her at the time. And I asked her to go out on a date and and she did say yes we didn't end up getting back together but um <laughs> but uh but and I was just like that's my audition should I be a part of this or not and Barb was <laughs> like and Barb was like no you actually have to do a dance like you have to do something so I just winged it you know that's right awesome, so I just though. winged it but <laughs> I know I know um but through oh, that man. um through that audition process you know like yeah. um we, from what, the way I remember, we didn't really meet, like, we met in the, we probably had some kind of orientation thing, and, mm -hmm. but then all the pieces were all broken up, and so yeah. I don't remember seeing you until the, like, I called it cabbage earlier, it was lettuce. Um, <laughs> how dare I, how dare I demean That's lettuce like the that. Greens. <laughs> I'm but romaine I, lettuce. Right, but I didn't see you until yeah, I until saw your finished piece. Right, and I remember That's just right. being like jaw floor, you know, <laughs> um, you know, with your dance, and and you were like, you know, you were tearing off the dress as yes. it was going, and and we had Chris Catter's projections in the back of him eating <laughs> eating lettuce. <laughs> Gross mouths. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. And, I didn't um, know that was Chris. Or if I knew, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and um. Hilarious. And I just remember being so like, holy fuck. And um. And then yeah, and then just through the process, you know, trying to make it a point. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned Sean Sager because I I mm -hmm. I put you two very much together in my yeah. heart of like just like my little bubbies, right? Who yes. I just like adored the both of you, you know. And I just. Uh -huh. Yeah, and it was just one of those things. I don't know. I don't know. There wasn't like a thing. Yeah. It was just like it was. Uh, it was an energy thing. It's one of those like totally. I just felt like you were my friend right away. You know, I, like I just, I just felt like you were my friend, and I just felt like, oh yeah, she's amazing. We have to be buds. Like we just, you know. Um, and I remember, especially in that first couple of years, we did a bunch of shows together, and we, um. You know, I remember like going over to your place and meeting your sister and all the art that she was doing and just oh, yeah. being so he's inspired a, by trans. the both of you. He's actually trans. Oh, I'm yeah, so, so sorry. No, no problem. This is another thing yeah. with social media. So yeah, his Parker. Parker. Yeah. Parker, yes. you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But like, like his art is just so 
fabulous you know and yeah. like and just everything right and so just being so inspired by you and and feeling very much that reciprocal thing of like mm-hmm. it wasn't a you know by no means was I trying to take on any form of like mentor role and by no means were you like looking for it so we were just like two artists that dug each other's work you know yeah. and 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 that was surprisingly rare in the phoenix you know yeah like, just nice um, to have kind kindred spirit like exactly. the unconditional positive regard kind of situation exactly right yeah. and because there was so much i mean yeah there was so much politicking and so much weirdness with so many people and so it was I just know. like it was just nice to be a bud you yeah. know like I was just like, just like, like a I relief needed, when you, you know? see somebody that's like relief and delight to see somebody yes. yeah Oh, that's nice. Exactly. I'm very happy yeah. to hear it. it felt that way for you because it was very much the same on this side yeah. of the street. Yeah. Nice. Right. And that, I mean, that, and that's always a relief too, where you're like, yeah. oh, thank <laughs> God I wasn't, I didn't have this like totally skewed perspective of reality. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Direct West is a proud partner of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Are you a business owner looking for new avenues to promote your business? Direct West's digital billboards are a great opportunity to highlight a new product, new promotion, or anything else you'd like your customers to know about. You can get local, expert marketing help for your business at directwest.com. So, the big question of this entire show, you know, um, it really boils down to... Actually, you know, this made me think of something before I wanted to touch on before I forget, Um, you know, you were talking about the sort of perceived success and the perceived the way that Facebook really mutates how we see Mm -hmm. each other and how we see our friendships. And it's something that I have always really struggled with is this like um, this internal validation and this internal love of following my passions Mm -hmm. and then not always receiving the outside validation that i uh don't want to want but Uh still do yeah right uh i would love for my poetry to blow up and be liked and shared and i'd love for this show to blow up be shared and yet at the same time too i hate social media and so Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not uh i'm not worse off for it not being super popular right Mm -hmm. um and that's very much at the heart of this show and of these interviews and of this question is like, what is it to be a friend anymore mm-hmm. when we're we're all pursuing likes and shares and retweets and follows and, mm-hmm. you know, and so, you know, so this is a very long winded way of coming to me asking you, uh-huh. you know, what does it mean to you to be a friend? Yeah. And, and then to to tail into the the second part of that just so i can let you roll mm-hmm. um what do you think it takes to be a good friend in this wacky world that we live in yes um something um that i've come to uh embrace and practice and appreciate more about friendship um in the last few years is a balance of Space and support. Mm. So that's giving space to people and just like extending 
like patience and understanding for however much time they need to take away to take care mm-hmm. of their work or their life and to just be, you know, a, a steady touch point for them to come back to with no hard feelings or love lost. So to yeah. extend that space and patience and then also not be afraid to or feel guilty about asking for that patience from my friends as well. Um, mm. If I'm not able for whatever reason to show up as consistently or as deeply as I would like to, or as even as they may need to trust that um, uh, our friendship won't hopefully implode and trust too that they can um, find that support they need from their network of friends or, or family and other loved ones. Um, I think I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to, unless I can show up 110%, I don't want to show up and, and cause harm. And so as a result, I kind of removed myself from a lot of friendships. I wasn't as consistent in my friendships. I wasn't the one that placed the call first with like my, my like kind of, core group of like like five friends or whatnot I am rarely the one to reach out first and be like hey do you want to hang out or place the call um and I felt really bad about that and really grateful to my friends that they were the ones that kept it going and I was like oh I need to show up and dive in more and what is preventing me from doing that what's preventing me from placing the call because you know they might say that they're fine and that they understand but that does have a toll that does take a toll if they're the ones that are always reaching out mm-hmm. and um yeah i can trust that you know they're going to take care of themselves or be taken care of in other ways but i'm also part of that network of of care and so i need to show up so place yeah. the call reach out first and so i realized i needed to get over some personal things that were stopping me from showing up mm. however imperfectly or however briefly for my friends so do you think I, that that came out of do you think that that comes out of because I, I I hear that so much within myself and mm-hmm. I hear that so much externally from so many people. And do, yeah. do you think that that comes from a fear of like making a mistake in the in the friendship, in the interaction? Like, where do you think that fear mm-hmm. comes from? Yeah, I think there's a bit of perfectionism of wanting to yeah. to do it to be the best friend. And unless I can be the best friend, I'll just be an acquaintance. (laughs) So, (laughs) and, and then I also had like a self-preservation fear of like, I was always worried Mm. about, because if I want to show up 110% to everything, um, like acting friends, family, myself, and I'm an introvert. And then I was like, Oh, I'm going to spread myself too thin. I'm going to be, uh, run down when I need to show up for something or somebody else. And so I just kind of like, especially after university, I just prioritized work because I was like, and I was in my first, like not my first, but I was in a a long relationship as well. So I was like, I was prioritizing that relationship and I was prioritizing work. And then everything else was totally put on the the back burner for when I had the energy to do it, but I was like Mm. protecting my energy to do the other thing. Cause I like, I had this idea based on evidence that I got sick really easily. Okay. And so I was like, Oh, I always lose my voice. I always catch a cold. I always like get run down. My immune system's not good. And so I was very careful with my health. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and it was impacted 
my health was impacted by the stress of needing to show up perfectly and do the best mm. or do right. So it was actually like within the last couple years that I had some experiences that made me realize I just need to show up and I don't have to be like a full well to like give and give and give with every interaction. I'm also allowed to just show up and receive or also just show and up just and give what I can and just be exactly. there. Yes. Yeah. And to just do little check-ins too. So I think to like veer now into kind of the part two of that question of like, how do we, how can we be good friends moving forward? Like in 2021, et cetera, is like um, something that the pandemic time revealed to me is like, um, you can just like do little check-ins over, there's so many platforms available. You can just like <laughs> touch base with people to let them know you're thinking of them. It doesn't have to be yeah. deep or huge or anything like that. Like you just check in and give people a yeah. little bit of a love and don't ask for anything, return whatever it is, just a little check-in. Um, because I used to like, okay, I'm not going to hang out with you until we can have like a three hour in-person hangout. Yeah. Well, the pandemic yeah, yeah. took that out of the quest. That was out of the picture. Off the table. That's what I'm trying to say. Pandemic took that off the table. <laughs> so many expressions. And so I was like, okay, so I'm going to Zoom this person, call that person, voice message that one, tag. Tweet. Mm -hmm. So I was like, just keep up in, in any little way. Send a little bit of mail. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just, you know, show that love and support. Yeah. Um, and um, then another part of that is to... In, in terms of like how to show up and how to be a good friend in that way is to, um, I think, do the work to be, uh, to live your life, to have experiences, to like go out on your own side mission and so that you can bring stuff back to the table of your friendship. Be like, hey, I learned this or I went to yeah. therapy and this person said this. Like I have so many amazing people in my life that are like, taking care of their mental health and their well-being and they're going mm -hmm. to therapy. And then I get to, as a friend, benefit from this incredible work and healing that they're doing. And I was like, I yeah. got to show up and do that too. So I was like, for myself <laughs> and for my friends, it's like we, it's, we owe it to each other as good friends to like do research so that we can understand the lived experiences of our friends, not just through the conversations we have with our friends, but through like going off and living our own lives and studying and doing whatever it is so that you can yeah bring some that's beautiful to that friendship table yeah i oh my god the food to the friendship table oh my <laughs> god i love that so much i just love the idea that it um being good to yourself is just as important to being a good friend as it is to being a good friend yeah. right like and i think that a lot of times we lose track of that i know i lose track of that all the time is this idea of um, cause you said something that really, you know, I, I, I hear a lot within myself is this idea of if I can't show up a hundred percent, I can't show up. And, yeah. um, and that feeling of if I'm going to reach out, I have to be ready to have this like in-depth, where's your emotional trauma these days, <laughs> exactly. and, and, you know, and it's like, no, like it's, it's yeah. all like all, I mean, a, nobody's asking anything of you. So everything you're doing is giving and, um, and, and nobody expects anything more than just a hello. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I know for myself, I tell myself these narratives inside my head if, as a, yeah. you know, where my brain goes, right. You know, cause my brain goes, I message 
Emily. Okay. Uh-huh. You know, so I'm like, I say hello to Emily. And then and then my brain instantly goes, but Emily hates you. And it's because <laughs> of this, and it's because of this, and it's yep. because of this. And the yep. last thing she wants to do is hear from you because of this mm-hmm. and this and this. And if yeah. you bother her, then she is going to fucking hate you even more. And right. on the flip side, <laughs> if she does like you, you have now like taken up space in her day and you're now expecting her to use up her time and yada, uh-huh. yada, right? You know, and, yeah. and it's like, none of that's fucking true. No, all you fucking think... done, right? yeah. like all you've done is just like message hello, yeah. right? Like, you know? Yes. Right. You have to trust that other people are going to take care of themselves and their boundaries and be mm. honest with you. And if, if mm. they're not, that you can, you know, receive that with the with a grain of salt or whatever it is but to not take any interaction personally but yes. show up as as but also show up personally but not take yeah personally you know yeah i'm so Every struck by that is like an act of 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 courage and also just yeah. like kind of empathy and and generosity of like hey no pressure but here you go exactly yeah, it's always nice to hear hear nice things from nice people it's it's funny how right it's it's funny how social media has like simultaneously interconnected us deeper than we've ever had Mm -hmm. in all of human existence and yet it's also disconnected us because what it's done is it's completely eliminated every way we naturally communicate which is like through visual and through auditory and through like you know and like just through like um the idea of like nonverbal communication right like it's completely yeah. eliminated that and Being it's made it only space. about the words yeah exactly and and so it's like yeah we can talk to anybody but i i think i think an element of the uh what's the word the the, the resistance to it is that like it's not really communicating like when i write you a facebook message i'm not really talking to you mm-hmm. i'm writing a little micro essay you know <laughs> and then i hope that you'll write one back to me right yeah and, and it doesn't um it doesn't feel nourishing the way something like this feels like like this yeah. is you know this is like yes it's not perfect but like mm-hmm. this is exponentially better than a text and yet at the same time too I don't have room for this all day, every day with every person I know. Exactly. So we do need the text. We do need to be okay with that. Right. It's that weird push pull of like, yeah. it's not enough, but it is good enough. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's just nice to, um, to let ourselves and let each other use the variety of communication that's available and let that yeah. create a full friendship by like yes. this, this mosaic of interactions. Like I've taken to sending um, instead of just <laughs> like text, that. it's like I've started yeah. sending video messages so, you know, there's like oh, voice yeah. messages, but now because yep. like sometimes texting just doesn't get it or I'll take too long uh-huh. editing it or whatever. And so I yep. just like send a, a little video message and that's a really nice and receiving it was so nice because, yeah. yeah, as you say, it makes such a difference to actually get to like um, to get to experience like nonverbal communication and just like feeling yeah. somebody's energy a bit more by their tone, the their sarcasm, yeah. their, you know, all that stuff, right? You know, yes. you can't text something pithy without it sounding kind of like you're a dick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I've become a master of gifts. I just, like, send, because oh, it's, like, yeah. it went like, like, punctuation, and then that evolved to emojis, and now it's, like, gifts. Yes. So it's, like, there's Beautiful. a gift for every occasion, and, and I will do my best to find it to Big try time. and help convey the feelings. <laughs> I love it. Emily, fuck, man. You know, we we could talk 
endlessly. This has been just like, this has been incredible. It's it's been such a nice like, um, it's been such a nice reminder of like how much I adore you, and it's just Likewise. been such a nice like you know it's just, just such a beautiful reconnection. I you know, I I I we I am pulling up your Facebook unfortunately. We do have one last thing to do with the show, oh, but yeah. um you know, but before I do that, you know, yeah. I um, like I uh i am in absolute awe of you i think you are just um i think you're such a like the word that always comes to mind is like you are just this like monumental talent like you are you really are you know you but you ask you know you ask about like when we met and it's like i don't know but i do know the first time i saw you and was like holy fuck you're a superstar you know like you just um you have a aura within you and you have a talent within you that is undeniable you know and and i'm really really grateful that we got to be friends in university and i'm yeah. glad we continue to be you know whatever we are now yes. right you know and and um i just yeah i'm i'm continually inspired by seeing the work you do and the commitment you have to your art and your craft and um I just think you're absolutely incredible. So I'm Thanks, I'm really James. grateful to know you. <laughs> Likewise, James Evermanko. I'm really, really so glad for this reconnection with you and so grateful that you reached out so that we could do this. Cause yeah, you've always yeah. been such a positive person and feeling and like memory in, in my life. And also, and this is uh not just to return the kind praise by giving more kind praise. <laughs> like I this is I now want to interview you. Like there's another whole deep dive we could go on of me just shouting out how incredible it is to watch the work that you have been doing and the consistency of like creativity and creating like your poetry and your writing. And I saw the 28 plays in 28 days, like you, this, this ethic and like the cauldron of creativity that you are and the, the courage, the work ethic and the vulnerability that that requires. I so admire and is so inspiring to me. And I can't wait to receive your book of poetry, butthead in the mail any day now. <laughs> Blame and just Amazon. like all this thing that you have created and i know that yeah. so much more is is coming for you and i can't wait to to see it and read it and buy it and celebrate it on not facebook because we're not well on my facebook but you won't see it because we're not gonna be yes. friends on there <laughs> yeah and, and um, i don't really happy my validation doesn't even count <laughs> <laughs> happy for well, you proud you. of you and really really nice to reconnect on this incredible like just reading the description of why you created this podcast and what you're doing with it i was telling my roommate about it and she was just like that sounds amazing it really oh is such a beautiful premise and really necessary and, and welcome so i'm very grateful to be a part of it thank you Oh, Emily, you're the fucking best. You're oh my god, best, I'm, like, I'm feeling I'm feeling real emotional here. <laughs> I'm just like, oh man, you know. But all right, here all we right. go. One last thing, Emily Pigford, yeah. with your secret Facebook name that I won't say on the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we privacy. are. Uh-huh. We are no longer Facebook friends. We're no longer Facebook friends. Oh my god, there we go. It's happened. <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel oh i feel sad i feel but it's it's also exciting because it's like i feel like we're friends in in life getting to yes. reconnect with you in this is a real comforting lovely thing and i just feel this ex, like this beam of like that i said it before but it's like unconditional positive regard 
and yeah. support and respect and admiration is just like beaming from you, like it, from me to you. It doesn't need to come through Facebook. So I just feel like yes. I'm extending this across the country to you now in real time. Yeah. Right back at you. that's it thanks once more to emily for coming on the show she's just an absolute ray of sunshine and i can't wait to see what she does next not only with her acting but with her entire artistic career did you like this episode well tell a friend be sure to rate and review not only this episode but friendless in general and if you can please share the links it would help me out so much and i would love you forever not that i don't already but you know i'll extra love you extra forever <laughs> be sure to sign up for the friendless newsletter it's just once a month and it is tons of fun i got some great feedback on this month's issue and i cannot wait to send out next month's there's exclusive writing reading lists and so much more just click the link in the show notes to sign up and if the spirit moves you feel free to grab a copy of butthead my book of poetry about social alienation coping mechanisms and pro wrestling is still available again just click the link in the show notes for that. But that's it for me this week. So I'll just say, have yourselves a great week. And I hope to catch you here next time. But let's not worry about that now, because that is then, and this is now. So for now, I'll just say, remember, you are loved by your old pal, Jimmy. And I hope you go out and you do something nice for a friend this week. And I hope somebody does something nice for you. Anyway, I will catch you soon. Fun and safety, y'all. <laughs>